the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Scott Furrow, and this is the Southern California Live Show. I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church of San Diego. Today, I am coming to you live from Los Angeles, and uh, I've been having a great time up here at KKLA, our sister station, if you are in San Diego, of KPRZ. And this program is broadcast right here from KKLA, having a great time with everybody here. And I'll tell you what, it's been great to be here with you all week. And I'll be back the week after next for a couple of shows. Uh, and I look forward to that, too. One of my favorite things about being together here with you all over Southern California is getting to know you and getting to know where you're at with things and uh it's just been very, very fun getting to know you, and there's some opportunity that you get to know me a little bit, and I appreciate that. And um, today is Friday. One of the things I like to do on Friday is I got things to talk about, of course, but uh, I'd like to do Open Line Friday and take your calls, and that means that uh, we can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, okay? So the number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And like I said, I got things that I want to talk about, but uh, today is your day. There are no questions off limits. Now, that doesn't mean I, I'm going to answer all of your questions. Uh, that's up to me because I'm the host. That's how it works, okay? But there's a lot of things going on, and uh, I'd love to hear from you about any subject at all. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Give me a call at any time. What is on your mind as you're thinking about it? Let's have coffee together. That's one of my favorite things to do. I walked down the street not too far, found a coffee shop. I've got my coffee. I'm ready to go. I'm refueled for the afternoon. That's my thing. Maybe you're driving home. You've got your coffee, the brew of the believer, the thirst quencher of the theologian, I like to say anyway. Mostly, I hope that you just are having a great afternoon and enjoying where you are. So give me a call. What is on your mind? 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. There's a story in the news uh, this week. Maybe you've heard about this. It's about a dorm that they're building at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, have you heard about this? The big thing about this dorm for students is that most of the rooms, most of the dorm rooms are not going to have windows at all. No windows. It's going to have like a phony window in it, like it's projected on the wall or something like that. And there'll be a timer that sort of brings the sun up and the sun down and, and uh, lights the room from the window. But it's not a real window. Uh, reading from uh, – this is from NBC News. The proposed building, du dubbed Munger Hall, after donor Charlie Munger, would house 4,500 students in a 1.68 million square foot complex with only two entrances – the project is expected to cost $1.5 billion, billion with a B. Living spaces in the building would be split into apartments of eight single occupancy bedrooms, 94% of which would not have windows. You know, it's I read this and I'm thinking, I'm probably thinking what you're thinking, right? It's a, in first of all, having no windows. I loved having a window in my dorm. I lived in a you know, a tiny dorm room. I went to UC Riverside, and I lived in one of the older dorms that they, I don't even know if they still have it there. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they knocked it down uh, by now. The Lothian Hall, if you were ever familiar with that campus. We had a very small room 
And uh, I had a, a fun roommate. Uh, the window was great. We needed it because that room with no windows, even a fake digital window, I can't even imagine it. Anyway, that's what they're doing up there. And there's a lot of criticism. All right. One of the architects has, has resigned. There's people suggesting this is a social experiment on students. The idea is that by not having a window in the room, it might drive people to be in more of the community areas. All right, where they get to know each other better and talk you know, to each other, study together, whatever it is that you're going to do uh, in your college social life in the dorm, and you'll do that more in the community areas. And I guess I get that. I get the idea that uh, you know, when I was in college, uh, hardly anybody used the community area except the dining hall. You know, We'd go down there to eat, uh, where I successfully, by the way, in college campaigned to remove the uh, walnuts out of the brownies. Uh, I was very excited about that victory I had there. Do you like Do you like walnuts in your brownies? It's not for me, but uh, you know, to each his own, I guess. Anyway, one of the lines I'm bringing this up here in this story here because one of the lines in this story says this about the uh, designer Munger. He's the billionaire who's making who's uh, designed all this. Okay, Munger dismissed criticism about the influence billionaires have on projects like the Megadorm, telling MarketWatch that he'd rather be a billionaire and not loved by everybody than not have any money. And I just thought, wow, that is, you know, a bold statement. I wonder how many of us feel that way. I wonder if you are a billionaire. Do you really feel that way? You know, they have studies out there that say when you win the lottery, especially when you win a lot, you really struggle. Sometimes it wrecks your life because suddenly you don't know who your friends are. You have a family who finds you on those ancestry websites and they're your 12th cousin twice removed and you need to give them some money and you don't know who they are. Um, and some people feel terrible pressure to just start giving it away. And, and a lot of lottery winners or people coming to big money are just out of money a couple of years later. Uh, I think that's a sad statement there. I'd rather be a billionaire and not loved by everybody than not have money. And I guess maybe if I'm reading into it too much, maybe you don't, you don't have to be loved by everybody. You know, you do your thing. You make your decision. Um, but when I read that the first time, I thought, I don't know if that's what it means uh, rather than not have money. Nobody's going to get loved by everybody. But it seems like that relationships matter much, much, much more. Seems to me that they do. All right. Anyway, we can talk about that if you want to. I've got some things here I'm going to read, and then I'll take your calls. I see a couple of you on there already. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you'd like. And uh, here's a scripture that I'm, I've been going through, and uh, I want to talk about this in uh, the book of Galatians. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Uh, I think we need to listen to that, right? I mean, we get so uptight at each other, even believers, you know, at each other. We've got to watch out or we'll be destroyed by each other. I think it's very relevant. This is, of course, the introduction to fruit of the Spirit. We get to it later. It's part of our growth as Christians, that if you're growing as a Christian, this is different than gifts of the Spirit. You might have one or two gifts that are particular to you that God has given you, that you are gifted at, that you can use for the church. Everybody, though, is supposed to grow in all the fruit of the Spirit. You don't get to just pick and choose like a sort of, you know, fruit salad and you can take the grapes out if you want to or those cherries and say, I'll just do the rest. Nope, you got to have it all. 
So I say, verse 16, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he goes on to talk about that. I might get into that a little bit later. But I want us to think about this. The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Hey, let me go to the phones here and love to have you join me if you want to give us a call. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Lori, thanks for calling Southern California Live. How you doing, Lori? Hi. Hi. What can I do for you today on Open Line Friday? What's on your mind, Lori? Okay. I'll I'll try and condense this. When I went to catechism class as a teenager, we had a special one-on-one with um, an adult, I don't know. Uh Uh, But anyways, mine was the minister's wife. Okay. And she told me, and this is stuck with me and, and scared me. She said, God is only going to take, she said, you know, because I had accepted him as my personal savior. And she said, make sure you're sure, because he's only going to put up with you making a joke out of him for so long. Fast forward my life. Um, is, that what the, I, is that what she meant? You making a joke out of him by something you're doing in your life? If, if I were to then not stick to being a you know a Christian and doing what a, a Christian should do. Okay, go ahead. And so I, I got with the wrong group. I got uh, pregnant, married, um, then I got divorced. And in between there, uh, my husband was not uh, a Christian and, and didn't want anything to do with it. So when, you know, when... I was around him. I didn't. I I calmed it down. I did very little. But okay. when I got divorced from him, I, um, you know, I, I restarted and I, I asked God for forgiveness and, and I and I said, you know, come back into my life. We dedicate. So then, I'm almost there. Fast forward to about two years ago. Okay. Um, I was. I was not supposed to live through the night. And it wasn't a bargaining power or anything like that. It was just, uh, God, I'm sorry. And, you know, I, I, I really do want to make things right. And since then, I have been trying to live a, a God-like life and learn more about Him and Jesus. And, you know, I've been trying, but I've been scared, what if, you know, seven back. Like, each time I asked him to come back to me, I was serious. I meant it. Yeah. But what if he he's done with? Like, does he get done with you? Is does he, he just... Like, he just says, I've had enough. I've had enough right. of Lori. You keep trying, Lori, but uh, you're out. Is that what you're afraid of? Yeah. Yeah, okay, Lori. You know what, Lori? A lot of people listening uh, feel like that all the time. I get frustrated with things. Uh in, in the Bible, you have Paul, who has a thorn in his side, something he struggles with. We don't know for sure what that is. There's some different interpretations. Let me give you something that, you know, first of all, I want you to know something. One of the great things about the Bible, when you read it, and uh, in your background, you said you went to catechism class. Was that a Protestant church? Was it a Catholic upbringing? Uh, uh, it was just regular church, UCC, United Church of Christ. Yeah, okay. All right. Um 
one of the great messages of the scriptures is about grace, okay? And this is so important that we know. It's unmerited favor is what that that word means. And the distinction of Christianity from every other faith and philosophy of religion or just philosophy of the universe or whatever in the world, the distinction of Christianity, the reason that we're different, is that you cannot earn your salvation, that you will never be good enough to get saved, okay? That also means you can't do something to lose it if you ever got it. Now, there might be some Christians out there who would disagree with me a little bit, okay? But from my perspective is you don't lose your salvation once you truly have it. That some people who walk away from the Lord, maybe they never really believed in the first place, okay? And only God knows your heart. But through the Bible, you've got stories of characters, and most of them are a mess, uh, do you know? I mean, it is uh, most of them are a, are a terrible mess, and there's something encouraging I think about that because these people who are a mess who struggle so often, God uses them, and He gives them grace, and they are saved. All right, what God wants but they, you. They seem to then stay that way. They don't go back and forth. And I mean, I, it, there's also a couple times in the Bible where. You know, I'll think, okay, everything's good, but then I'll read where God does say, you know, like he, with the uh, Jerusalem, sorry, somewhere he got upset with them and he turned away from there. Israel. And, and I, okay, Israel, but, if you, but if you read the whole book, if you read all of the Bible, Israel comes back right. to the Lord and he fulfills all of his promises to restore them. That's what happens in the book of Revelation, ultimately. And at the end times, at, at the end times, see, the great thing about the Bible is it, it begins and ends and all of the loose ends are tightened up. If you were just to sit down and read through the Bible straight through, verse by verse, okay. you could read all of it in about three months if you just read it for an hour a day. Okay. And some of it's hard. Some of it's hard to read. You'll have to really push through it if you yeah. do that. And you'll, you'll, you're not going to understand all of it. But I think you'd be surprised yeah. at how much you would understand and I encourage people okay. to do that kind of reading a lot. Like, read through it all, take about three months, read through it, and then you can go back and study the parts that were harder. Uh, right. But I think what you find is that the Bible also answers its own questions. So you have a lot of questions in the Old Testament, if you're reading it, about uh, this Messiah that's coming and all these sacrifices, and then you're reading about yeah, not, you know, end-time stuff, and it's like kind of hard to read. And then you get to the New Testament, and you go, oh, oh, how about this? Oh, how about this? You know, so what I would encourage you this way is that God is not going to give up on you. He died for you. And Jesus already died for the sins that you haven't even committed yet. Right. Did you know that? Uh, Why did the minister's wife say that? Well, you know, sometimes people have a different view of things, and there's some struggles that we have in the church. And I don't know who that was, or, or you know, maybe she meant something, something different, but... A struggle that we have sometimes in church is that we become uh, what one writer used to call, we become about sin management rather than relationship with God. And he does call us not to sin, and he calls us to grow in our faith. In fact, what I started to read here at the beginning of the segment was going to lead into the fruit of the Spirit, okay? So this is what should be happening with you as you you grow, okay, in your faith, all right? In Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 
Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And he's writing this because people are struggling. He's not writing this and they're all doing fine. He's writing this to Christian people who are struggling, and these are the areas to grow. So what I would do, uh, Lori, is I would ask God to help you grow in the fruit of the Spirit and to help you trust his grace for your life, that Jesus died for your sins, and admit you're a sinner. He already knows. Pray to God. Yep, I'm struggling with this. Help me. Okay. And, you know, you ever uh, you ever have to confess something to somebody and you're afraid they're going to get upset when you tell them because they're going to find out what you did? The great thing right. about... The great thing about Jesus is he already knows what you did. Okay. Right. The great thing about your father in heaven is he's a good father. Like when I ask my kid, you know, uh, uh, who broke the lamp, and I already know he threw the ball in the house and broke the lamp. I just want to see if he's going to, you know, relate to me. Be honest. Yeah. The best right. thing is when he tells me the truth. And uh, right. that's what the Lord wants you to do. And he's going to let you know that he loves you. Get into his word and get to know him. Okay. Can I pray for you real quick? And then I'm going to go to the another call here. Please do. Lori, th- uh, God, thank you for for uh, Lori, and God, for her, and for anybody listening who thinks that you have forgotten about them or that you're giving up on them. Point them to Scripture. Point them to your love. Make them aware of your presence right now, aware of your grace and what that means, and that they are saved by grace. Help Lori to understand that. Remove wounds that maybe have occurred because of things that she's heard before. Help her to be faithful. If there are areas in her life where she is not, move her to be faithful and help her to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, supernaturally in all these areas. Let her know that she's not on her own, that when she believes in Christ, she has the Holy Spirit who helps her to grow in these areas. Thank you for her call today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lori, thank you for calling. appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Have a wonderful day, sir. Thank you. You too. All right. Uh, Gerson from Huntington Park. Oops, let me get that. I think I got the wrong button here. I'm learning a new machine here because I'm in L.A. Let's see. Uh... All right, Gerson. Gerson from Huntington Park. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? Pretty good, boss. Just uh, uh, listening in to your show, a great topic. I was thinking about the billionaire and his comment about you'd rather be rich and not like than um, been poor and not have billions. I, I, like anybody else, would love to win the lotto, and um, me and the missus would be happy to do that. But I recalled two verses as you were sharing, and, and it kind of settled me back to center because uh, one of the Proverbs says, better is a, a little with love than a house full of strife. Amen. And coming from a place where it was a non-believing uh, home and there was a lot of strife, believe me, even to the point where the police got involved, it was very nice to kind of grow and have a place of our own where there was less strife, even though we didn't have all the rooms and bedrooms we wanted. I can honestly say um, staying grounded in the Word helps me. And the second one was uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. And I just encourage everyone out there, um, if you're like me, hoping on getting lucky, but until that day comes, if it ever comes, Finding things that make you happy is really a way to keep your sanity because I think it was Pat Moore who wrote the Man in the Mirror book. I don't know if you remember it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was saying, you know, it's funny how we get kind of trained in on trying to run this rat race, as he calls it, where you get lost in the maze of trying to buy things you can't afford with money you don't have to please people who 
you don't even really like. And I think to myself, how we're kind of geared as a culture to kind of get those 15 minutes of, of fame and just kind of seek for more. And the whole thing, as a Pastor Greg said one time, whoever has the most toys wins at the end. But he said, hey, if you die with the most toys, you just die. You can't take any of your luxuries with you. Yeah, and that's... My question was... Okay. No. Go ahead. You had a question? Yeah, my question was, you know, um, I have a couple of things that make me happy, and it, uh, I, I could share, but I don't want to take up too much time. But what can you encourage us to do to find things that make us happy when you don't have your billions, when you don't have the house that you dream about, when you don't have a car, and just kind of root ourselves into this verse that says finding contentment and godliness in great game. What can we do to find contentment in Christ? I know it sounds No, cliche, that's a great but, question. That's yeah. a great question. All right, thank you for calling, and uh, I'll answer that here. Have a great one, guys. All right, Gerson, thank you very much. Uh, that's a great question. You know, how can we, uh, how can we have this contentment in the Lord when we have desires for other stuff? And uh, um, this is Southern California Live, by the way. You can give a call. We're open line Friday. You can talk about anything you want. The number is eight 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 fifty two talks eight eight eight. Five two eight two five five seven, and I'm going to carry it over after the break here, just in a little bit. But you know, something about wanting the money and playing the lottery and having dreams about stuff. Uh, Pastor Greg is right; you you can't take it with you. You know, you can get all that stuff and it's not there. Uh, Johnny Carson uh, said this about having money, and he was a very wealthy wealthy man. You know, we found out after he died a few years ago that he was also incredibly generous, incredibly, but nobody knew. Uh, that he was his foundation was giving away so much money. He said this. He said the only thing money gives you is the freedom of not worrying about money. Isn't that a great quote? Really, that as a very wealthy person, a famous person, like he has all the stuff that you think you want, right? Except that when you know about his life, he struggled a lot. He was married four different times, and uh, he had uh, personal struggles in other ways. Uh, if you know him, uh, you know it's. Uh, it's really hard. When we come back from the break, I'll talk about this just a little bit more uh, in the context of Gerson's call. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'm your guest host for today. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you'd like. You give me a call at 888-528-2557. That's 888-52-TALKS. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. So great to be with you today. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We're doing Open Line Friday, and uh, so we take your calls at that number, and uh, if the line is busy, just keep trying. We'll get you in there. And uh, I want to finish the conversation that uh, I started with Gerson right before the, the break. And uh, he asked the question, you know, how can we enjoy our life with what we have when we have a lot of dreams about what we might have one day if we were wealthy or if we won the lottery? That kind of came up. And, um, you know, one of the things is, and we talked before about how, you know, everything you get, you can't take it with you. And Johnny Carson saying that if you have money, the only thing that it gives you is you don't have to worry about money. There's a lot of struggle that, that comes with that. And you got to be careful what you, you ask for. But what about where you're at now? Kind of the... the place was, is with your, you know, where you're at now in life. One of the great books of Scripture, and you have to read them all, 
sometimes I say this is my favorite book. Usually my favorite book is whatever book I'm preaching out of at, at the moment, right? But uh, one of my favorite ones is the book of Ecclesiastes. And you've got to read the whole thing in one sitting. It'll, it'll depress you in the first, uh, you know, seven or eight chapters. But when you read the whole thing, you get the meaning of life. You, you get narrowed down, actually, what matters most in life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, it says anyone, verse 4, anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Uh, anyone who is among the living, raise your hand if you are among the living. All right, if you're driving, put the hand back on the wheel, right? even if you have a Tesla. I mean, that just scares me, that whole thing. But you're among the living and you have hope. And, you know, we can hope for good things to come as they often do, but our hope is in Christ, okay, that one day all things will be made right. Our, our real hope is in that. But we are to enjoy our life. You know, Jesus liked to hang out with his disciples. We actually don't know a lot of how Jesus spent his full days. I think we, when you go through the Gospels, what we have of Jesus is snippets of things that he did over about 56 days. That's it. And But we know that he went out after he rose again from the grave and he had a barbecue with his, his guys. And uh, I'm sure he wasn't there just for 30 seconds to say a couple of things. I think they enjoyed their time. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7, Go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all of your meaningless days. There's a whole thing in there about meaningless. That's why you get uh, kind of depressed at first. But what he's getting at is that the things that we think have meaning, like being rich, have no meaning at all. It's something else. And now he's, he's working it out. You have meaning in what you have by having a joyful heart and eating the food that you have that is a gift. This is one of the reasons we pray before a meal and we give thanks. And having a meal is joyful. You know, some people don't have that. You've got a meal. Enjoy your life. If you're married, enjoy your life with your spouse, okay? Enjoy the life that God has given you wherever you are. For this, it continues, for this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, he's, you know, he always brings it back to kind of a bummer, but one out of one person dies. That's true. In the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. He says, enjoy your life. So here's the advice, Gerson, and for anybody is this. Don't let what you don't have or don't know about the future or things that you can't control Ruin the enjoyment that you can have today. Do not let the things that you don't have, that you don't know if you're ever going to have, don't let the things that you can't control, don't make the things that are troubling you that you can't do anything about right now, ruin the joy that you can have today. Jesus has kind of this message, right? Don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough troubles on its own. Be there in the moment today. Seeing your hope is there. A key to a meaningful life is to have hope and that hope in Jesus. I can go on and on about that, uh, but I hope that that's, that's helpful. Do not let what you can't have or don't know or can't control ruin the enjoyment that you can have that God has given you today. I hope that's helpful, uh, Gerson. All right, let's see here. If I do this right, I think I've got uh, Ted from Los Angeles. Ted, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Ted. Thanks for calling. Amen, amen, in Jesus' name. So, Ted T. from the City of the Angels, Los Angeles, right. native born. I uh, just wanted to touch on the uh, lottery thing. I mean, 
you know, it comes from evil. You know, everything they promised, they never did. They never did what they said they were going to do for you the mean, schools. Our, our schools aren't going to be great because of the lottery? I'm shocked. No, no, I didn't say that. I said <laughs> no, I, I, didn't I know, fulfill. I know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They didn't fulfill. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so it comes from evil. So anything you're going to get from them is going to be evil. I found that it taps into all your energy and, and all you're concentrating on is uh, – Winning the lottery instead of spiritually growing and working like the Bible says us to do, that a man uh, that does not work shall not eat. So why would I waste my time on something that evil? And I just wanted to talk about that. And as a Christian, uh, it's pathetic to see anybody buy a ticket. It's pathetic. It's evil. And I just want to touch on that. God bless you and Jesus. Thank you for your service. Hey, Ted, thank you very much for your call. Appreciate that. Um, they say about the lottery that uh, the lottery is a tax on people who are bad at math. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, you don't want to play the lottery. It's a waste of money. And if you win, if you happen to win, uh, there's somebody uh, – I just looked it up. There's been several studies now on winners. You know, There are some people who handle it well, I suppose, and those people are people – uh, who actually do keep working, who maybe who give a lot of it away, who keep it. There's some people maybe who are blessed a certain way by by God with a lot of wealth because they give away a lot of money and they do keep working. And that it, you know, uh, so I, I'm not saying that it's not that a person can't have a lot of money and do good things. However, here's what happens typically to lottery winners. Okay, you have a greater chance of bankruptcy. Uh, did you know that? About 70% of people who win the lottery end up broke shortly after. 70% according to the National Endowment for Financial Education. You know, you might win a billion dollars, but you'd be surprised how fast you can blow that money. I mean, especially with gas prices today. Uh, there's other things. You know, taxes rob you of – they take the government takes a lot of it. Greedy friends surface. You lose your friends. You lose your relationships. One of the things that happens is you're more likely to be robbed. People stalk you. All right? It, it might even end in murder. Uh, it's there are crazy things that happen to people. You have bad investment ap- opportunities brought to you, scams, lawsuits, uh, and uh, it's kind of a hard life. It can be really, really hard. Then you've got inheritance issues and uh, all kinds of stuff. Plus, the odds are just terrible. I think you have a better chance of getting hit by a meteor than winning the lottery, something like that. Anyway, don't recommend it. Uh, do something better with your money. Uh, that's what you should do. And uh, it's not all fun and games with that. All right, uh, we have uh, next John from Inglewood. John, welcome to Southern California Live. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Open line Friday, call about anything that's on your mind. John from Inglewood, welcome to the show. Are you with me, John? Hello. Hi, John. How Hello. are you? My name is Rodney. Uh, I'm sorry, I've got John. Your name no, is no. Your name is what now? Rodney. Rodney. Okay, Rodney. Sorry about that. I have a question. Uh, I'm kind of in a dilemma. Okay. Worried about going to heaven and hell. All right. I'm at the stage where I can die. All right. Because of my age. All right. Okay, can can, I, can I ask how old you are? How old you are? How old are you? 69. 69. Okay. Okay. And I'm not healthy. All right. This is my question. You know, I was born and raised in church. I believe in Jesus, and I know uh, in the Bible it says if you believe in his name, and you believe. And then you have in the Bible 
is not about sacrifice, but obedience. Uh, I'm sitting at the park right now, drinking. I'm an alcoholic. I'm sitting at the park right now, and I pray every night for God to go to love me and I'm not to see me and see me filtered uh, through the blood of the Son Jesus Christ. In case I we die, we don't know what we're gonna die. We die any second. Yeah. And with this struggle, and I know our bodies are temples of God, and I know God is not going to occupy a filthy temple. And with my struggles, I wonder if I die, do I pray and ask for deliverance? If I should die right now, will I go to hell? I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. Hey, uh, you're at the park right now. Yes, I, I have several questions, but that's, that's the, the big one. question I have to ask you later. Yeah. On the next program. Yeah, that's a big one. And, uh, you know, before we go, we'll get your number here, and uh, maybe we can chat about some stuff later, okay? But, uh, you know, your question about salvation and what's going to happen, um, you know, one of the things that you have got to know and to just keep in your heart is that whatever it is that you're going through, the things in your life, the things you're struggling with, the alcoholism, a lot of people right now are struggling with alcoholism. I have it in my family. My uh, my dad's side I of the smoke also. Yeah, my dad's side of the family, lots of smoking, lots of alcohol, lots of stuff. And it's hard, hard uh, for all of them. Some of them uh, did well to uh, move on from it. Some didn't. But here's the hope that we have, okay? The hope that we have Mm -hmm. is that Jesus Christ's death conquered sin and death, meaning that when he died for you, you have forgiveness when you put your trust in him. Faith means trust, basically. And what I would ask you to do to think about this, first of all, You know, one of the things I want to ask you is, is there a reason that you would be concerned about dying right now? I mean, I understand that you're you're 69. I think that for a lot of us, that's not really that old. Um, I I do wonder, you know, what's... But, yeah, lifestyle affects that, right? Every day, it's not. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Because I go to church every Sunday, and I clean up for the church. Yeah. And I feel hypocritical, and my... Pastor, which is in the Bible also, it's obedience also. That's in the Bible. I read that myself. Yeah. God uh, wants obedience more than sacrifice. You can do all, all the stuff you want to do with give all the money you want to do. You give all your wealth away. But all right. his main concern is obedience. Well, hold, uh, hold on a second here, because I want to I want to make this clear. His main concern is not your obedience. His main concern is your trust, and this really this really matters. Okay, listen. Can you listen to me just for a second? Because I, I really want to make sure that we don't miss this in the short time that we have. Okay. Yeah. In, in Christianity, a person is saved uh, when they believe. Then they are saved, and our behaviors change later. Okay, God will help us yeah. change. So what I, I want to make sure that you don't move it to you believe, then you obey, and then you are saved, because that's different. Okay, you're I'll saved. One more time. There's a difference I'll between there's a difference between being saved or believing. Yes. Think of this as an order, right? You in Christianity, you believe, then you are saved, 
and you obey later, okay? God grows you from wherever you're at, including at the place you're at in your alcoholism. God will grow well, that's you. that's my category. Yeah. But I, what always, I, I was raised yeah. up in church, yeah. and I always believed that Jesus died for our sins. Yeah. And I was baptized symbolically or so. The church that I, I, I believe I was baptized at the beach. Uh-huh. And my struggle is changing my behavioral patterns. And I know, you know, I'm getting close to death. And I know about where you have, where Christ uh, was crucified. You had the thief on both sides, and when believing, yeah. you uh, had to be baptized. You know about the symbolism. My point is this. If I should die soon, uh-huh. And I'm struggling, my behavior have not changed, but I pray. My prayers are very, very short. My wife is a Christian administrator. You're you're married now? Yeah. Okay. And so what happens, you know, you have, uh, the Bible talks about the pure phrase that you have hypocrites in church. They say one thing and act one way in church. And then when nobody can see them, they're doing something else, like yeah. me going from church and then going to the liquor store right. after church. Yeah, well, let me let me, uh, and, let me me do this for you. Cause I hide my cigars and my wife don't see them, and I'm in church. And then I said, dog, and my mind is like, oh, I can't wait. I can go smoke yeah. this tobacco and then go get me a beer or whatever you get me at then. That's being hypocritical, yeah. and from what I understand with the Bible, uh, God despises hypocrites when they act one way. You either be hot yeah. or cold, hot or cold. And so I struggle with it, and I pray about it. My behavior has not changed, and I'm All wondering right. if I should die yeah. before tomorrow. What would occur? I don't want to go to hell because it's eternal, and you don't never get All out right. and more suffering. Listen, I, I Rodney. Let me go to a break. I'm going to go to a break here, okay? And um, okay. all right. And uh, let me do this. I'm going to have you give your number to our producer, and I'll give you a call later on, okay? Maybe this weekend. Okay. I, I, uh, my number should. Don't, don't. Yeah. Don't give it out over oh, the air. Oh. Okay. Don't give it out over the air. And I'm not going to do this for most listeners, okay? So just you know. But uh, here's something I think is just really important. You're saved because of your faith, not because of your works. And everybody dies still struggling with sin one way or the other. You get to heaven because you put your faith in Jesus. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, this is Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. It's great to be with you. We're doing Open Line Friday today. 888-52-TALKS is the phone number. 888-528-2557. And uh, we spent a lot of time in the last section because Rodney and his call, and he's struggling with some stuff. And I'll be honest with you, I can't get into it, but he's there. there's something about his story that's very personal 
uh, for me and um, a similar story with some people that I know. And uh, so what I want to do is we did get his number. I'm going to talk with him later and encourage him. I'm going to pray and uh, just pray for him because we didn't get a chance to do that before the break. God, I thank you for Rodney and his call today. And God, right now he's sitting at a park somewhere, and he shared with us that he's drinking his alcohol. He's 69 years old, afraid of death, and struggling with whether or not he's saved. And God, I pray that right now you would make him aware of your presence. If he's not, you know, wherever he's at in his sobriety at this moment, that you would supernaturally just cut through that, Lord. And... uh, touch his heart and let him know that he is loved. Let him know that there is hope in every day. And even at 69 years old, he can put down that drink and never take a sip again. Thank you for his wife. I pray that you would strengthen her and strengthen the church that he goes to and people who are in his life. We thank you for his call today in Jesus' name. Amen. I think one of the reasons people struggle with whether or not they are saved is because sometimes it seems so easy Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's hard because every single other way of thinking says that it's by works that you please God or you please the universe or you you get whatever it is that is the benefit of whatever faith it is by doing enough good things and then hopefully you've done enough things where you have pleased God or the universe or whatever to get whatever's coming to you. In our faith, in Christianity, none of that matters. You are saved because of faith, by grace. And we need to accept it. What we do need to do is accept that gift, to look at Jesus and the cross and accept what he's done for you. Believe that he rose again, that he is, has made victory over death. And that when one day you die from natural causes, disease, accident, whatever it is that happens, you will follow him out of that grave into everlasting life, not because you did all these good things, but because you believed. There's reason to do good things. Jesus tells us flat out, if we love him, we will keep his commandments. And so, but that's a struggle, right? I love my parents, but I didn't always obey them. My kids love me. I don't doubt it, but they drive me crazy sometimes. They're not obeying, but my love for them doesn't change. And that's because, and that's the way God is with us. So we'll uh, we'll figure that out. All right. Uh, Elizabeth uh, from Santa Clarita. Elizabeth, thank you for calling. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Um, I was brought up in a church, a very legalistic church. I had a long list of things that were not allowed to do. We were not allowed to do many things. Uh, One of the things, we couldn't even celebrate Christmas because it was considered a pagan tradition. Um, It was a sin to celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, on the long list of things not to do, it was kind of instilled in us that if we were to ever do any of those things, um, we could lose our salvation. Yeah. And now as an adult and as a parent, you know, I've, um, I've uh, gone to different, a different church now where 
I see a lot of things that are all of a sudden I didn't know were allowed, you know, that we were allowed to do as Christians. Um, and I feel like my eyes have been opened to the fact that um, perhaps our salvation can't be lost. Like once mm-hmm. you're saved and you believe in Jesus, um, you know, that he is the son of God and that he died on the cross for our sins, that if we truly believe that with our hearts, um, that we are saved, and nothing could change that. But there's still a little part of me inside that feels, yeah, maybe I could lose my Elizabeth, salvation. Elizabeth, i got to be done in about one minute, so let me get to your question about losing salvation, okay? I thank you, mm-hmm. for, I thank you for your call. A lot of people ask that question. I know there's some traditions out there, um, but... Here's something I think that makes it as simple as possible for me. If you can't earn your salvation by something you do, you can't lose it by something you did. All right? It's more complicated than that. But the scriptural teaching, and what I would say is to Elizabeth, study the book of Romans. It tells us that a Christian is justified through Christ, meaning that Christ, we are found innocent because of Christ, not because of us. To justify, it means to declare righteous. Somebody once said, justified never sinned, like you have but just if you have. Now, sin matters, and, you know, I don't know what your church that you're going to now, you know, what they're allowing, what that means. You know, we are supposed to be holy. We are supposed to live lives as followers of Christ, and Christians struggle with that. But uh, you are, I believe you cannot lose your salvation if you truly believe that Jesus is your Savior, and he died and rose again from the dead. All right, I'm out of time. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back soon. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.